The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Good evening, good morning, good day, whenever you are listening to this special edition of the podcast following Washington's 17-13 win over Cincinnati in preseason game number two. I'm going to give you uh, a brief recap, tell you what I liked, what I didn't like, a few other observations from the game. The podcast here late tonight brought to you by MyBookie at MyBookie.ag. First-time players can get their deposit matched dollar for dollar. MyBookie will double your first deposit dollar for dollar. So if you put in a 1000 bucks. They'll give you an extra thousand to play with. Go to mybookie at mybookie.ag. You need to use my bonus code, Kevin DC, to get that first ever deposit dollar for dollar match. By the way, they've got $500,000 just in contest prizes alone. And if you're looking for a sports book that you can trust, that you uh, know is reliable, that I know is reliable, you won't find a better place to play than my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, uh, 17-13, uh, the final score. Washington wins preseason game number two. They've got one more of these left. It comes next Saturday at FedEx Field against the Ravens, and then we are in countdown countdown mode until the regular season, which comes September 12th against the Chargers at FedEx Field. It's nice, isn't it, that this isn't the halfway mark of the preseason. We are two-thirds of the way through the preseason. One left, uh, and then we get to real football after next Saturday night. Now, I'm going to start uh, this post-game recap with a list of things that I liked, and I'm going to start by saying I really liked a lot of individual performances, and and that's really what you can do here um, as, as well as we can do it without knowing responsibilities and what coaches were trying to do and what they were trying to learn. Um, all we can do watching it on television is to really just evaluate the individual performance of these players. Can't really say a ton about the competition they were facing or what impact any real game planning would have had. But I thought both sides of the ball produced some really good performances. You know, despite the lack of scoring by the offense, I thought there were a ton of very encouraging performances, um, individual performances by players on offense and defense. I'm going to start 
with the players on offense that I was impressed by tonight. And I'm going to start with Taylor Heineke. You know, he's got really, really good natural athletic feel in the pocket. And it leads often to him making plays, making big plays as a runner. You know, he's quick. He's deceptively fast. He just plays very athletically for the position. He's very good at escaping pressure, has really good athletic feel, and you know moves and, and ducks and escapes and just has that ability not to get sacked even when there was pressure and there was some pressure tonight. You know, he's the best they have at escaping pressure. It's the number one thing that allows him to get the results on a football field, and he knows it. You know, he's very good, maybe too quick at times at getting to the checkdown, but I like how decisive he is um, as a checkdown thrower. Um, by the way, sometimes the checkdown is just him running. Uh, I think based on what we saw last year and a little bit in the preseason so far this year, the rest of his game is, you know, average at best. You know, it's his mobility and it's his, it's his feel for extending plays at a high level that is his number one weapon um, and makes him unique among the three quarterbacks, although the other two can can move as well and they can avoid pressure and they can extend plays. But this is really what he does better than anybody else. Um, but the rest of his game is average. You know, his arm strength is just okay. His accuracy is inconsistent. You know, he throws a very catchable ball when it's on target, but he looks like a guy, you know, if he were to ever have a chance to play as a starter for, say, a season, you know, he does look like a guy that's going to turn the ball over a little bit. You know, he lost that fumble as he moved up in the pocket, didn't protect the ball. He threw a ball in the red zone uh, at the end of the first half that was nearly picked. Um, actually, they called it an interception and then overturned it with, uh, you know, with replay in the final two minutes. But then again, he also should have had a touchdown pass. Cam Sims shouldn't have let that ball move as he went to the ground. That was a well-thrown ball. You know, I thought Heineke showed what he showed last year in the five quarters he played. You know, he's a baller when he's out there. Is he an NFL starter? I have no idea, really. I don't. Everybody else with much more expertise than all of us have have said no previously. I do think, though, he is the number two quarterback on this team. And that Allen, for now, I don't think he's going to catch him for that. Now, I don't think it means Allen will get cut, because I actually thought Kyle Allen looked okay um, when he got his first opportunity of the preseason, first opportunity since you know October, right, late October of last year. Um, I, I don't think um, that they'll cut Allen. I know how much Rivera and Scott Turner trust him and like him, but there are a lot of position groups here where I think a lot of position coaches and coordinators are going to be really rattling Rivera for an extra guy. Um, I think Allen makes the team, but I think Heineke is the clear-cut number two. Uh, at this point. Uh, I was impressed with Taylor Heineke tonight. Again, as an individual evaluation, I don't know how much of the time he was out there against Cincinnati starters versus Cincinnati twos or Cincinnati threes in the second half. But, you know, he does 
have natural ability um, and he's got a real weapon in his ability to extend plays and really use that mobility and that speed and that quickness to move the sticks with his legs. He really does. Um, Jarrett Patterson was the star of preseason game number two. Uh, I said last week that he was a lock after watching him for the first series last week, so I don't really need to say it again this week, but I will. He's a lock to make the roster. I mean, it's over. He's on this team. Ron Rivera said after the game, they have a role in mind for him. Uh, Again, you know how much of this was against Cincinnati's ones versus twos and threes? Who cares, really? I mean, this is a guy that's produced big time in college, and you can see why. He's got great vision. He's got quick quick feet, super quick feet. He makes people miss. He plays very low with that low center of gravity. I mean, look, Rivera's already you know compared him, compared him to Darren Sproles. He did it last night as a runner, pass receiver, kickoff returner. He had a 37-yard kickoff return. He had 133 all-purpose yards. He's not only going to make this team, he's going to contribute to this team this year. I thought Antonio Gibson looked really good. They got him a ton of touches, you know, in this game, and I thought he looked really good. He's gotten a lot of touches in both games so far, maybe too many. I mean, he's your starting back. Um, He got seven carries for 28 yards. Uh, He caught a couple of passes for 19 yards. Uh, I just love him as a weapon. I love him in space as a pass catcher. That screen where he made the guy miss right there when he caught it. He's powerful too. Um, There was an interesting development with him tonight. I think they used Gibson in short yardage. Uh, instead of Barber in the first half, last week they used Barber. Barber was the short yardage back last year. They used Gibson on a third and one that he made, and then a fourth and inches that he didn't make. You know, Rivera said earlier this week that Gibson can be an every down back. Maybe Patterson making the team means Barber won't. I don't know. Um, Maybe they were giving us something to think about there with Barber not being in there on the two short yardage situations in the first half. Um, I like Gibson a lot. I thought the receivers uh, that were in there tonight played well. Deami Brown stood out. Logan Thomas stood out again. AGG uh, really uh, came through tonight and made some big plays. I liked all of their pass receivers tonight. Too bad Cam Sims let that touchdown pass from Heineke roll around a little bit as he was making his way to the ground, which meant it was incomplete. Um, but he's a big target. And that was an that was a great throw uh, by Heineke. Uh, on the things that I liked list, Dustin Hopkins, three for three. None of them were long, 31, 31, and 34 yards. He had a short kickoff that may have been intentional. Sometimes in the preseason, the coaches want to see guys on teams covering kicks. Um, we know what Hopkins can do on kickoffs, but there was pressure on him tonight. I think there was. Now, he didn't have a lengthy kick. They were all chip shots, and he went three for three. You know, on those chip shots, could have been a disaster had he missed one of them. Uh, but Rivera, you know, seemed confident in talking about him after the game, saying, as he said last week, that it was the operation that he had to get used to, the new snapper, um, et cetera, and Hopkins was three for three. So good for him. Um, we don't have to talk about him really uh, this week at all. Um, on the list of things that I liked, let's move it over to the defense. 
I thought a lot of players up front all night long played well, including some guys in the second half. But I'll start with Deron Payne. He is such a load to handle. I don't even know what his stats were. I don't know how many tackles he had. I don't know how long he played. But my God, he's talented. Um, If he can be consistent and be the beast that he has the ability to be on every down, look out. I mean, at some point, if he puts it all together, you know, I'm not saying he's Chase Young upside, but he is a top five to seven talent at the position in the league. Uh, The defense in the first half, um, you know, they only allowed 55 total yards, and the run defense was great, and they, they were swarming. Everybody up front all night long, I thought, you know, until maybe the, you know, parts of the second half, everybody up front was disruptive. I thought Sweat looked good, too, when he was in there. You know, the secondary, I thought, played well. The corners, there was no Jackson tonight, no Fuller tonight. And I thought St. Just, you know, a.k.a. Charles Tillman, um, as he was referred to by uh, the head coach, I thought he stood out uh, in particular. You can see the length. You can see the ability to really cover. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, his, it's his size and it's his long arms. Um, uh, he played that one deep ball very well. Uh, the kid McTire, number 35, played well. I thought the safeties, you know, Landon Collins in particular stood out, had that big hit on that little boot throw. Um, he looks, you know, healthy and ready. Cam Curl was in the box early. Um, it's really hard to ask much more of the defense in the first half other than, I guess, the interception that Jimmy Moreland should have had instead of just knocking the ball down. You know, coming out of JMU, all we heard was Jimmy Moreland has a nose for the ball. He's, he anticipates well. He's always around it. And we've seen that, you know, at times. Um, I thought that should have been a pick. I thought she, he could have picked that and probably had a big return off of it. Um what else on the list of things that I liked? I thought Carter's, uh, Carter had a good kickoff return. I thought the overall – here's one thing that I noticed, and it's the second straight week I've noticed it. It's, I think it's a good sign. You know, these games are totally meaningless, yet I think this team has played with great enthusiasm, you know, uh, with, with excitement. I think the coaching staff is setting a tone here – and they've got players that are helping them set that tone. Chase Young in particular, you know, keeps things lively. You know, it's a game of energy and passion, and they've got a a ton of guys that have a lot of it, and I think that, you know, it may not be a huge challenge for the coaches to get them pumped up and excited, Um, but I've seen sort of a readiness and, you know, an enthusiasm in the first two preseason games that I think is just encouraging. Um, Anyway, I don't think I missed anything. I probably did, but that's the list of things from tonight's game that I liked. Again, I I, look, you know, Fitzpatrick's the starting quarterback, and I'm going to get to him here in a moment. Um, And Taylor Heineke, they went out and tried to find a longer-term answer, so they weren't sure and probably didn't believe that Taylor Heineke could be a long-term answer. And I'm not about to sit here and tell you that he is. I don't think he probably is. Uh, You know, for one, he clearly seems to be vulnerable to injury because he's had a bunch of them in just the few opportunities that he's had. But he does one thing at a very high level, 
um, and you really can't debate this. He is mobile, and he has a knack because of his athletic feel and vision um, to, to escape pressure and to make a play. You know, often we saw tonight it was with his legs as a runner. You know, tonight he ended up uh, rushing four times for 26 yards. We saw some of that in the short opportunities he had at the end of last year. Um, But he also keeps his eyes down the field. Now, he's not always accurate when he escapes and makes a throw. Um, But he has something that you can't teach. There's no doubt about it. You know, is the rest of, of the game that he has good enough? It's very average to me. You know, as I said, arm strength, accuracy, and consistent. You know, um, we'd have to see much more of him to see how quickly he processes, how quickly, you know, he anticipates whether he throws guys open or whether he needs to wait to see guys open, you know, how well he reads a defense. I mean, the one game against Tampa was really good. Um, But he does one thing at a super high level, and that is he's very good at extending plays, escaping pressure, and making plays. Um, He's exceptional at it, and you saw it a lot tonight. Um, You also saw a couple of rough plays. You know, the fumble, the the, the pick that wasn't, but it it was not a good throw. A couple of throws were inaccurate, but overall I thought, you know, he was pretty good. And Jarrett Patterson, clearly, clearly the star of tonight's game. All right, the list of things that I didn't like from the game right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis 
analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, a list of the things um, that I didn't like. Uh, this list isn't as long uh, as the list of things that I actually liked, and I'm sure the coaches will hammer the film and find some guys that didn't really um, give them what they wanted. But here's what stood out to me. I'm going to start with the starting quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He wasn't great. You know, he was inaccurate. He missed some throws. He missed Logan Thomas on a third and sixth throw early. He threw behind Terry McLaurin on one. He had a ball nearly picked in the end zone now, uh, you know, uh, in the red zone, excuse me, um, on a ball to um, to Humphreys. I don't know whether or not that was his fault or Humphreys' fault. It looked like it was a play against zone defense, and where was Humphreys going to sit down? And maybe it was just a miscommunication. Um, I do like Ryan Fitzpatrick's ability, just like Heineke's, not at the same level, but he's able to extend plays inside and outside the pocket as well. We knew that. I mean, we've watched him for 16 years. Um, He hit that big throw to Brown, which was nice to see. I'm not concerned at all. Not at all. But in terms of just a one-game preseason evaluation of him playing, what, four series? He certainly wasn't as sharp as he was last week in fewer plays. He just seemed a bit off uh, tonight. Uh, But I'm not concerned. Um, I can't wait to see Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, early in the season. Uh, And I'm hopeful that he can play at the level that he played at last year. You're going to see, though. I mean, we, we... I think we all understand this. There are going to be some games where Ryan Fitzpatrick is walking off the field and he was 24 of 34 for 317 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and Washington wins the game. And then there's going to be another game where he throws for 290 um, but has a fumble in two picks, including a backbreaker, soul-crushing pick at the end of a game to cost him a game. I think that's what you're going to get. That's what you've gotten from from him for 16 years when he's played. Um, He is an upgrade at the position from what they've had recently. Uh, But um, we'll see if he can continue the trend that he is in the midst of, which is the last two years of being more consistent and not making as many bad plays. He's got a good supporting cast around him. Um, this year, that's for sure. Um, on the list of things that I didn't like, I thought the pass protection wasn't great early. You know, a four-man rush got home and sacked Fitz uh, early in the game. Uh, he was pressured quickly one or two other times, escaped one of them. Heineke made some of the plays with his legs that I was talking about, in part because there was quick pressure. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you exactly who was at fault for any of this because I thought they ran the ball pretty well. Um, And so there must have been some decent blocking up front. It did look like Leno got beat at least on one of the quick pressures, um, but I thought just the pass protection wasn't great early. 
Uh, I thought Steven Sims Jr. didn't do himself, uh, you know, much good tonight. He dropped a third down pass from Allen, uh, heard footsteps, and did not pull in a perfect throw from Kyle Allen late. Um, And he didn't do anything uh, in the return game. I think he had one punt return for, you know, uh, no, he had one kickoff return, excuse me, for 16 yards, and that um, was it there. Um, I did not like the penalty call against Derek Forrest on that goal line play that resulted in the fumble that, that Washington recovered. They called unnecessary roughness. I thought he turned his head away um, from head to you know helmet to helmet. Uh, I just didn't think that was a penalty, uh, in my opinion, and it cost them uh, a turnover there. And the next play was a quarterback sneak for a touchdown for Cincinnati. Um, that's pretty much it on the list of things that I didn't like. I thought, you know, for the most part, there weren't a lot of standout disappointments. I really didn't. I guess Peyton Barber, you know, had a couple of carries, uh, you know, in the second quarter that weren't, you know, outstanding. Um, the fourth and one miss, uh, you know, you, you'd like to see Gibson pick that up. Um, they gave up some runs in the second half, especially to that guy, Chris Evans. And then the guy, Patrick, you know, they gave up some runs there with their, you know, third and fourth, uh, teamers, um, you know, defensively. Uh, but for the most part, uh, I, I thought there was a lot more good in terms of individual evaluation, then there was bad in this game. All right, uh, I've got a few more observations, including what Jason Wright told Kenny Albert and Joe Theismann on the TV broadcast tonight. Uh, I'll get to those other observations from the 17-13 Washington win over Cincinnati after these words from a few of our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, a few more observations from the game, uh, and then we will uh, call it a night here. Um, and we'll be back on Monday, I'm sure, with more on this game. Uh, number one, the starters played a bunch. You know, I don't know if Rivera viewed this as like the third preseason game from the past as the dress rehearsal game, but we saw the starters that were at least able to play um, play a bunch um, in the first quarter. I think they probably had play counts offensively and defensively, but we saw starters on the field, you know, into the second quarter uh, of the game. Uh, observation number two: Jamar Chase, the number five pick overall in the draft, 
he dropped two to three passes. I mean, they would have been big plays, and he just dropped them. Uh, that uh, was not a good performance from uh, the number five overall pick in the draft. Um, observation number three uh, is this. Oof, the crowd. That was sparse, let's just say. I'm not sure there was 10,000 there um, in, in Landover for this game. You know, last week in Foxborough, I think there were 50,000-plus for that Patriot preseason game uh, against the Skins. You know, and other venues have done pretty well so far with uh, with crowds. Not in Landover. Uh, not, uh, not for this one. Um, look, this team's going to have to prove it to a large percentage of, you know, what I would call used-to-be fans. They're going to have to prove it, uh, and they're going to have to prove it by, you know, over a period of time of winning, um, more importantly than anything else, but winning with some level of of class um, and the behavior overall from the franchise has to change. You know, we're living in this bubble, you know, sports talk radio and sports podcasts and bloggers and beat reporters and Twitter. You know, I, I, I had a credible person who was at the game tonight, very credible, tell me that he didn't think that there was 10,000 people in the stadium. And also mentioned to me, and I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, that for that practice where they claimed they had 20,000, he didn't think there was 5,000 for that. There were sections on the lower level that you could have had. But um, look, they're going to have to earn it. And it's the preseason, and it rained all day, and it's the Bengals, and it's a Friday night, and we know what traffic is around here. Um, so there are a lot of things that played into it. But I've mentioned this before. I do have this sense that you know we're living right now as a as an interested group of people in a bit of a bubble. And we'll find out when we get to the opener against the Chargers. And I would imagine that they're going to have a decent crowd for that game and then another decent crowd for the Giant game. There's some optimism. There's some excitement, much more than there was at the end of 2019 when you were lucky to get 10,000 people to a game and most of them were the opponent's fans. Um, But for a first opportunity to see this team live in the stadium, and again, it's the preseason, uh, that was um, some of the pictures at kickoff, uh, and you could see it on TV, um, there, there weren't, uh, my, my guy told me that he didn't think that there were any more than maybe a hundred people in total in the club section, in the club level. And there was nobody up top. So anyway, uh, whatever, uh, they're going to have to earn it. They're going to have to win. They're going to have to behave and it'll take some time to get the used to be fans back on board. Um, you know, if they ever do, um, the last thing that I wanted to say is Jason Wright uh, stepped into the booth with Kenny Albert and Joe Theismann during the game. And I I thought it was interesting. He, he talked about two things specifically that I wrote down. First of all, he was talking about the business goals. You know, he has the business of the franchise under his responsibility umbrella. Uh, he does not have anything to do with football. And I've said uh, to Tommy and I've said to you guys on this podcast that he's trying to create a business that's losing resilient. All right, That was a term that was described to me a month and a half, two months ago about what he is attempting to do out there. And he basically said as much. Here was his near direct quote. It's probably a paraphrase. I just wrote it down real, real, real quickly when he said it. He said, we need to create an experience 
where fans come to a game, even if it's a crappy game on a crappy day, fans will leave saying they had a great time. They had a great time with their families. They had a great time with their business partners. They had a great time regardless of what kind of day it was. See, that's his responsibility. His responsibility is to appeal through eventually a new stadium, right? Uh, but a much better current stadium experience. He has to appeal to people and they have to want to come, want to stay, want to spend, even if the product on the field isn't a good one. And I think it's fascinating in this day and age um, that the business people in sports are thinking this way, that they have to build their businesses without worrying about the results on the field. To me, it's all about winning with this organization. But I know that there are organizations in the NFL, Miami's one of them, that their investment in Formula One, their partnership with Formula One at Hard Rock Stadium, a lot of the, th- the things they've done with that stadium, that they are, they're very successful right now off the field as a business, despite the fact that they haven't been a good team. Uh, winning, you know, isn't his problem. Creating an experience where the final result of the game doesn't impact the experience, that's his responsibility. Let me say that again. Winning on the field is not his problem. His responsibility is to create an experience where whatever happens on the field doesn't impact the experience negatively. Man, that's a challenge. Then on the name and the brand um, and the challenge of creating you know, the new name and the new brand, he told Joe, he said, look, you just can't pick a name out of the hat and end up in court you know, a year down the road for trademark issues. He said, you just can't pick a name out of the hat and say, this is it, and then find out that it means something that you didn't know it meant. And this is what they're taking their time and making sure all T's are crossed, all I's are dotted. They have their name. They have their number one you know, name, but they have to make sure that they're not in court and they have to make sure that it's not a name that turns out to mean something that they didn't know it meant 50 years ago or a hundred years ago. So they just have to get to that point where they're totally comfortable that they're all buttoned up on the name. Uh, and I think, well, I know they have it. Uh, I know it's not city-centric. It's not Washington Football Club or Washington Football Team or Washington FC or FC Washington. It's going to be the Washington somethings. And we're going to get that name, you know, at some point uh, in early 2022. And as we talked about on the podcast yesterday or earlier today, I think at this point, um, uh, hopefully uh, once the season starts, we don't get the teasing and the releasing of information that creates, you know, a lot of conversation. Uh, let's focus on the games once they start playing the games. All right, that's it for tonight. I'll be back on Monday. I'm sure there will be more, uh, but I wanted to get out, you know, a, a quick, you know, a rather quick um, recap of their win tonight over Cincinnati. Final score, I don't give a shit about um, the evaluation of players, and there were some good ones tonight. Taylor Heineke, Jarrett Patterson uh, in particular. 
Um, I think Patterson's going to be a contributor on this team. Rivera said as much after the game. All right, have a great weekend back on Monday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.